Hi, I'm Felicity and welcome to We Are YA The Check-In, a weekday chat with young adult authors. We're checking in and seeing how your favourite YA authors are doing at home during this very unique time and, of course, talking about their books. My guest today is Astrid Schultz. Raised on a diet of Spielberg, Lucas and Disney, Astrid knew she wanted to be surrounded by all things fantastical from a young age. She spent the last 10 years working in film, animation and television as both an artist and manager. Career highlights include working on James, James Cameron's Avatar, Steven Spielberg's Adventures of Tintin and George Miller's Happy Feet 2. She lives in Melbourne, Australia with her fiancé and two cats, Lilo and Mickey. Her debut YA novel, Four Dead Queens, is an international bestseller and her second novel, The Vanishing Deep, was released just this past March. Astrid, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be a part of it. I know. I'm so excited to talk to you. And it's quite bizarre for me as an Australian talking to a fellow Australian, <laughs> but so far away. Right. I know. So I, where, where, for those who are listening, where am I speaking to you from? I'm in Melbourne in, in Australia. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. my hometown. And yeah, I, I wish I was in New York, although it's a tricky time right now. So yeah, you know, it's probably... and it's Australia. For those who haven't really heard, how's Australia doing with all of this? I mean, we're, we're in lockdown pretty much. Uh, we're mm-hmm. at stage three. So that means there's only four reasons you're allowed to leave the house. And yeah, so it's, it's pretty somber affair here. Um, but that said, it seems to be working like the, uh, staying at home seems to be decreasing cases each week and each day. So, you know, we're, we're all happy. Well, for now, we're all happy <laughs> to be at home. I mean, they've extended it by a month. So, okay. uh, we'll see how we go if they keep extending it. I think people are starting to, to get a little bit of cabin fever, um, yeah, yeah which is understandable. Yeah, that's the challenge I think everywhere is the first month it's easy and it's sort of kind of everyone's like we're doing this for this reason. But as we get into those second and third months, I think challenges will start to arise. For yeah, sure. definitely. Well, all of that aside, obviously we hope everyone's healthy, safe and well. But yes. for, those who, for those who don't know anything about Astrid Schultz, tell me about the books. Tell me about Four Dead Queens and The Vanishing Deep. Right. So Four Dead Queens came out last year and it was my debut novel and it's a YA murder mystery set in a fantasy world. So essentially it's about four queens that rule concurrently one nation and they start to get murdered one by one in very gruesome, (laughs) brutal ways. And it's up to a teenage thief to figure out who the murderer is and not be the next on the murderer's list. And then my recent novel that just came out uh, in... March, so last month, is The Vanishing Deep, and it Mm -hmm. is a YA dystopian thriller. It's a standalone, as is uh, Four Dead Queens, and it's set in this world where the dead can be revived for 24 hours. So it's about a 17-year-old deep sea diver who's been scavenging the sunken wreckages of the old world for the last two years to fund her sister's revival. But she doesn't want some kind of meaningful goodbye with her sister. She wants to find out the truth to their parents' deaths five years earlier, and she won't let either of them rest until she has it. Mm. Yeah, so that's what I've been working on. (laughs) I feel like I always want to add an ending to it, like, dun, dun, dun. dun. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But you've kind of said it with those two introductions, is that you've really made your mark as someone who likes to play with genres and sort of mash them up. Like, you don't just do a fantasy. It's a fantasy meets a mystery or it's a dystopian with a mystery. Right. Is that something you intentionally went into your writing or 
is it something that you, as you were started to write these books, you found that that was what you just naturally wanted to do? Uh, it was a little bit intentional. So uh, Four Dead Queens was the third manuscript that I had completed and tried to get published. Mm-hmm. And the previous two were both kind of more straight YA fantasy. And I had gotten some nibbles with agents on the second um, novel, but I was told that YA fantasy was oversaturated and you really had to have something quite different to stand out. So I, I thought, you know, what are all the things that I love in TV, in film, in books? And two of those things are fantasy and murder mystery. And I thought I hadn't really seen a lot of fantasy murder mysteries. So I thought, mm. why not have a go at writing one? And that became Four Dead Queens. And there's also a sprinkling of sci-fi in there. And that mm. was probably more of an organic thing because I actually, I would say my first love was sci-fi. When I was a teen, I read a lot of sci-fi, a lot of Australian uh, YA or teen because YA wasn't really YA back then. It was just like teen fiction. Uh, teen Mm -hmm. sci-fi and I love science fiction movies so I think that kind of just creeps in naturally but the other the other mashups were more intentional Mm -hmm. and then obviously for the vanishing deep did it become then a planned real like focus point yeah well I wanted to continue with playing with genres and I'm really inspired by film and I really saw it as this kind of adventure on the seas but with this science fiction kind of undertones and also uh, this dystopian element and also flavors of fantasy. So it was yeah. um, maybe not as intentional. That was just more like this is how I see the story playing out and this is um, what I'm going to write. Yeah. Well, particularly with The Vanishing Deep, I thought it was sort of weirdly timely that when it came out in March, it was just off the back end of Australia, particularly having an environmental kind of mm. real challenge was there elements for you that kind of really like were like, this is weird? This is sort of weird timing? Yeah, I mean, I think it feels like these days that we're always coming off the back of some disaster, yeah. whether it's natural or or a pandemic. But, yeah, it, scarily enough, that, that kind of feels like the new norm these days. And mm. and it was, I mean, I wanted to there to be parallels between, because it, it's not our, our, our planet that the Vanishing mm-hmm. Deep is based on, but there are parallels to our, our planet and, and climate change. So that was something that I had in mind when I was writing it. I wanted it to kind of make people think about what our world could be like if we continue down this path. And then, yeah, for certain things to happen, you just kind of go, gosh, you know, we really are heading down that path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't do this. I've written it. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, you don't want this to happen. <laughs> Well, and the other thing, both of your books is at its core is a mystery. Right. And you've got murder, you've got a mystery plot at them. Are you someone who like has the murder board on the wall and it's all plotted out, <laughs> or are you just like, I'll figure it out as I go? I I wish I had it all figured out. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that would be a much easier process, but I'm very much a let's just see how it goes. I'm I'm a pantser, so I don't outline, I don't plot. Uh, with four queens, I didn't know who the murderer was until a third of the way through writing the first draft. And wow. when I had like this light bulb moment, I'm like, yes, that's great. And then I went back through and, you know, put in the hints and the red herrings and everything. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know where where they're going. And I just know that, that there is going to be a mystery element. There are going to be twists and turns and hopefully – in the writing of the novel, I'll, I'll find, find them out. It seems to work out that way. So um, I try not to plot 
because I find that a little too restrictive with um right. with ideas and yeah. Freedom. And do you have you have you got a drawer? Does that mean full of manuscripts where you haven't the answer hasn't come? No, that's a good point. I I don't. I shelved one idea uh, last year. I think it was. I was doing Nano Nano for for those of you guys who don't know. It's um, National Novel Writing Month in November, mm-hmm. where the aim of the game is to uh, complete. Uh, a novel, which is usually around 50,000 words, which obviously is not really a full novel for fantasy or sci-fi, but it gives you a very good base. And I was working on an idea and it wasn't so much that the, the mystery wasn't coming together. I just didn't like the direction that it was going. It just didn't feel kind of fresh enough or different enough uh, for me. So that's been shelved. And of course the the uh, books that I wrote before I got my agent and got published were shelved. Um, but mm-hmm. so far I've figured out the, uh, the whodunits. <laughs> so um, yeah, hopefully that continues. <laughs> well, and, and speaking of in sort of that sort of pressure of like after Four Dead Queen's success and it's been published internationally in Germany and it's winning awards and nominations at home yes. in Australia. Do you feel pressure now in the next stuff that you write? I mean, obviously, The Vanishing Deep was written probably before all that really right. came. But now, like, that you've got new books, obviously, I'm assuming, in the pipeline. Yes, um, yes. Do you feel the eyes on you a bit more? I mean, yes and no. I, You're right. I did write The Vanishing Deep before Four Day Queens came out. So I managed to kind of dodge <laughs> any real <laughs> uh, pressures of expectation there. But, of course, when it was leading to release I hoped that people who enjoyed Four Dead Queens would enjoy The Vanishing Deep because they're they're quite different books and and Mm. um even though there's you know the the mystery elements and and the fast pace and the twists and turns they are very different books and so that that was one thing I thought about and I guess maybe that is why I shelved the book that I was writing last year in Nano because I felt like it it wasn't different enough to fit alongside Mm -hmm. what I'd done with Four Dead Queens and The Vanishing Deep I really wanted something else to kind of stand out and be uh, something different that I hadn't really read before. Um, and that's something that I, I try and keep in mind. Like I really want to surprise readers. So there's, yeah, a little bit of expectation. But, I mean, that said, <laughs> there always is when you write a book, when you're trying to get an agent, you're doing the same thing. So, yeah. yeah. You're like, now that you've mentioned it, Felicity, yes, I feel it. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man, it's going to be a hard day of writing today. <laughs> Well, then on the flip side, then, what is the most surprising feedback you've gotten from readers in terms of fan mail that you just got loved? That you're like, oh, my God, they realised that thing I was doing and, yes, hooray. Oh, I love hearing from readers. It's always just so wonderful, even if they just said, love your book. Like that, that's just... What, what you do it for, what, what I do it for is, is really for to, to share the story and to provide, you know, escapism, especially, you know, in this day and age... I think it's really important. Um, but what I, I've really loved hearing is theories as people are reading Four Dead Queens, especially oh, like the reactions yeah. is it's especially when they hit a certain point, which I, I won't spoil, is really fun when I get those kind of reactionary <laughs> DMs and messages. I'm like, ah, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but, not sorry really. not sorry. but not really. No. Uh, so, yeah, that's always that's always great. And. Yeah, I, I also really love when people are like, they want more, they, you know, can you write a sequel, please? Mm-hmm. I need a sequel. I need to know what happens next. And and that's always wonderful um, to hear because that means that they really connected with the characters and the world. 
Yeah. Well, and speaking of, we, we were having on the show today and so we asked fans if they had questions for you and we got a lot of great questions and I've had to pick some of just my favourites. Great. Um, but the very first question from Instagram DM is from Mama Tuffy is she loved the book and will we ever get another story in this universe? Ah, well, thank you for your question. Was it Mama Tuffy? Yeah. Awesome. Um, I would love to. I mean, I have ideas. I actually wrote a little bit of a sequel. I've got like 20,000 words. Uh, just mm-hmm. that was, I can't even remember when that was. It must have been quite close after I'd finished Four Dead Queens. So I certainly have ideas of where to go next and also how to expand because this is just one nation. Uh, Four Dead Queens is set in one nation of a bigger world. So there's certainly yep. scope to expand. So Hopefully one day. I mean, the best thing that can happen is that people keep reading Four Dead Queens and and sharing it with their friends and loving it, and then you never know. Fingers yeah. crossed. Fingers crossed. All right. The next question is from Addison Abbott twenty seven um, from Instagram DMs, and she would like to know: is if you were quarantined with one of your characters, which character would it be? Ooh, that's a great question, Addison. <laughs> um, who would it be? I mean. Some of them are so devious. I'd be a little bit worried. (laughs) I was just thinking that. Maybe Tempest. I mean, she's a real survivor. So she's from the main character from The Vanishing Deep. And she is this Mm. deep sea diver. So she's very resourceful. She's, uh, her sister died two years ago and her parents five years earlier. So she's been living on her own and she's been, you know, everyday diving. She knows how to find, um, I mean, it's not that useful if locked in a room, but I, I feel like she would figure it out. She'd figure out how to get I you know, what she needed uh, for us to survive. Um, so, yeah, I'd definitely go with Tempest. Yeah, I think that's a good choice. Good choice. Uh, this next one is from Tomes and, Tomes and Textiles, oh, yeah. and she wanted to know is what genres have been getting you through this time? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so I've been reading a lot of romance uh, just because yeah. – I need that kind of lightness. Um, But that Mm -hmm. said, I've also been reading a lot of fantasy. So I think anything that kind of takes you out of reality and for me that seems to be fantasy and romance. Yeah, good ones. Yeah, me too. Sometimes you just need a break. definitely. (laughs) And the final question comes from Taylor Dawn VDD and she wants to know what's the best advice you've got for aspiring authors? Mm. Good question, Taylor. Uh, so for me, I found, because it, it took me a long time to get my agent and get published, so that was about mm-hmm. six or seven years across different manuscripts. Once I wrote Four Dead Queens, I was very lucky uh, that the process was quite quick because I got my agent through Pitch Wars and then we went out on submission about a month later in the new year and I, I signed with Penguin Random House Um in uh, under two weeks so that was all pretty quick but before that it was a slog you know it was multiple manuscripts I even wrote sequels to those manuscripts um that I had shelved and so persistence really that's that's what the only difference between being published or not being published is you've got to keep going and that often doesn't mean persistence with the same manuscript It, it might be that you'll have to write something new And even if you get an agent, maybe that first one won't sell, so then you write something new again. It's just I think writing and continuing to write is is really the best way to get published. And you get better, well, hopefully, (laughs) with each book. I'm hoping I'm getting better with each book. Um, So, yeah, my my best piece of advice really is is to write. 
and keep writing and reads and just knowing, you know, what's out there has really been something yeah. that I've had to do because I've had to, you know, change a little bit what I was working on because it was, there was too much of the same out there. So yeah. Right. Be a good reader, yeah. be a good writer. It sounds cool. really simple, doesn't oh. it? <laughs> No, but it's it's not because I think that's a really good strong point for a lot of readers out there who are, you need to be aware of what, what everyone else is putting out there so that you can sort of see where success is or where it's not or what you would yeah. do differently. So that's all great suggestions. All right, we've well, survived all the fan questions. Okay. Let's move to some check-in questions that we do here, which is do you work from home normally or is this a new thing for you to be I at home? I do work from home normally. So I do feel very uh-huh. lucky in that sense that, it hasn't been a huge shift in my day to day. So I've been working from home. I work for a remotely for an American software company in film, TV and visual effects. And I've been doing that for almost uh-huh. eight years. So I'm very well versed in the work from home um, <laughs> pitfalls and, and also the great things about working from home. Uh, so yeah, it's, do you have, yeah. Do you have a number, do you have a number one tip for things for people who are probably now a month mm. in, because I think that's the thing is what do, what do you do now to, to settle down, settle into the rhythm? I mean, I have a few tips, but one of the things that I think is really important is try not to see it as a bad thing or see it as some kind of, you know, oh, well, we're, we're locked in and so I guess I have to do this and see it as a positive because there are a lot of positives from working from home and that's flexibility. You know, you can have a nap in the middle of the day. You, you can, which I do a lot, so um, I'll admit to that. But you can, you know, take a, a coffee break when you need one and, and get outside. I, I think that's one of the real important things of not getting cabin fever is making sure you're not always in one position. So even if you, if you mm. are in a smaller um, unit or something that you have like a dedicated spot for your work, and that's not the couch or it's not the dining table, somewhere that you're not going to be spending a lot of time when you're not actually at work so that you kind of zone things and that when you step away, you actually completely mentally step away. And that took me a while, probably about a month or so, to to get um, into that routine when I first started working from home because it is easy because work's there. It's always there. And, you know, just check one more email and just do one more thing. So mm-hmm. stepping away and actually being like, okay, I've left work now. I've closed the door on that. Even if you can't physically close the yeah. door is really important. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. I think it's really important, especially as you said, because work will always be right there in yeah. the same space is to put that, even if it's a mental, physical barrier. Definitely. It's it's so important to to mix things up. And even if you're just, you know, getting a little bit of fresh air, if you can go out on a balcony every now and then, like, because you, you do lose time in a different way working from home. Like you can sit mm. down and hours have passed. So it's, yeah, really important to, to break that up as much as you can. Yeah. Good tips. All right. Well, speaking of breaking things up, when people are managing to step mm-hmm. away from work, what should they be? What should they be reading? What's your great book recommendation? Right oh, my, I mean, it's not a new <laughs> book. but That's okay. Sometimes people yeah, I mean, it. Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. I think any, mm-hmm. you know, rich fantasy that you can really sink your teeth into or if it's some series you haven't gotten to, like now's the time. Like you can completely immerse yourself in, in these worlds. And, and I've been doing a lot of reading and, um, and a lot of rereading. Oh, that's so good. 
yeah, I definitely would re- recommend if you haven't gotten to, especially before the Netflix series comes out, make sure you yeah. read Six of Crows um, and the Grisha trilogy because they're just, yeah, wonderful fantasies that will just completely take you away. Good one. And what about TV shows? Speaking of TV shows coming, yes. what should people watch now? Well, I am absolutely adoring Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. If you haven't uh-huh. seen it, I totally recommend it. It's an absolute delight. Like I, I cry, I laugh, I smile. It's like it's just a beautiful show. And I don't know if you know the premise, uh, but essentially she sees people's most inner thoughts as songs. So they sing to her, or okay, they, there's cool. these uh, huge dance numbers, and it's just it's like Glee, uh, but much. I mean, Glee right. was heartfelt at times, um, but this is just. Yeah, it's a beautiful story of, of her family um, and she's she's a STEM girl, which I really like. She's really smart. Um, she works in software, which Yay. I kind of connect to. I'm like, I work in software. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, yeah, it's just a happy show. I mean, there are um, meaningful moments, um, but it's I really recommend it. it I, whenever I watch it, I'm, I'm always left in a, in a happier place and I love that it's actually week by week they're releasing it so it gives you something to look forward to, which is the other thing about working yep. from home. All the days start blending together so you need those kind of cornerstones of something that feels different in the yeah. week. So I recommend getting on that one. No, I actually, that's really funny that you say that because it's sort of, it is that the old, old fashioned style of watching TV or watching a show every week. Mm. It's, it's a way to mark yep. time that is like really, really yeah, nice. Yeah, I remember <laughs> when I, I used to always look forward to like a Thursday night because my favorite shows were on a Thursday night and you just don't have that anymore. So yeah. I think it's no, kind of nice. No, I love it. Uh, and do you do podcast or gaming or anything like that that you can recommend? I'm not anything? much of a podcaster, although I do really like the So You Want to Be a Writer by the Australian Writers' Centre for Aspiring Writers. I think that's a really good one. Oh, good one. Uh, and gaming, I <laughs> – so I'm a massive Disney fan, for those of you who don't know me that well. If you follow me, you'll know this already. But <laughs> <laughs> there is this uh, Magic Kingdoms game that I've been playing I'm not a huge gamer. I used to be when I was younger um, and I, then I kind of replaced all that time I spent in gaming with writing and reading and um, I've been trying mm-hmm. to get back into gaming and, and I want to play something that, you know, will suck up some time <laughs> while I'm at home. Um, <laughs> but this one is essentially building your own theme park, which is so much fun. It is, oh. It's a mobile game um, and, yeah, so every day I'm, I'm logging in and, and building my little theme park, and it makes me happy. I mean, I can see, I can see that making you very happy. <laughs> yeah, <it does. laughs> that is right up your alley. <laughs> well, Astrid, thank you so much for joining me today on We Are Why the Check. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such fun. Such a great chat. Astrid Schultz novels Four Day Queens and The Vanishing Deep are available from all bookstores, and if you're at home, they're also available in both ebook and audio on your favorite platforms. You can also follow Astrid on Instagram and Twitter where she talks about Disney and her cats. Tomorrow we chat with Tyler Fetter as her debut graphic novel Dancing at the Pity Party is released. See you tomorrow.